So, actually, there are many songs of Bhaktivinoda Thakur in which he describes that perfection. And describes it in very personal terms, <clears throat> in, in terms of his desire to attain that position. In this song which we just sung, that he sung that he would attain the position of a <coughs> maidservant of Radharani. This may sound rather strange that although he is male, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he is aspiring for the position of a female. That is a transcendental desire, to attain a position of service. So he's, very, he's, he's describes in some detail what his service is, how he shall perform service, this is all uh, extremely elevated, but this is exactly what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give. Anarapita chirin chirat karunya batirno kalo samapiyatam unatajbalarasa svabhakti shriya. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to in this Kali Yuga to give something which had not been given even in many previous Kali Yugas or Dwarpa Yugas or Traita Yugas or Satya Yugas. Out of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu being most merciful, he offered the topmost resplendent exchanges in bhakti, the, the, the treasure of devotion actually to himself, because he is Krishna. So the Vaishnava Acharyas, they have uh, continued to expound on this theme. Our recent Acharyas, Oh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur himself, Bhakti Siddhan Saraswati Thakur, and Srila Prabhupada, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, they have all cautioned us not to artificially try to jump into Krishna's intimate pastimes without having the qualification of being free from material desires and having a, a genuine spiritual ser desire to serve Radha and Krishna. So we should be cautious in this matter. At the same time, we should know what is the ultimate goal that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is pointing us toward. We should not be so cautious 
Definitely we should be cautious, but we should not be so cautious as to edit out or uh, pretend that it does not exist. The ultimate attainment that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu points us towards. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur, in his writings, his teachings, has directed us toward that attainment which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give us. Now this song, uh, the, the, which we sung, Kobe Gorabanu, that appears within the collection of songs, famous, very famous collection of songs. Very famous means among those who are followers of Bhaktivinoda Thakur. His song in, this, in the series of Sharanagati. They should be, actually they should be much better known than they are. So he starts of the first song in that series, Sharanagati. Is uh, begins Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Jiva Doyakare Shopashada Shiadhama Shaha Avatar. He sings that Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Mahaprabhu, being merciful to the fallen Jeevas, actually, it just says Jeevas, so to the fallen or not fallen especially to the fallen, but being merciful to the jivas, appears with his associates and with his dham. He descends. Descend from the spiritual world. Atanta dur labha prema karibare dan shikai sharanagati bhakatera so this extremely rare preem, very difficult to attain, very rarely attained. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is giving that. How does he give it? By uh, teaching the process of Sharanagati, how to take shelter of Krishna, which we learn from the teachings of the Acharyas that means to take shelter of Krishna's devotees. And that's at all stages. Even in the uh, highest, most advanced stages, as Bhaktivinoda Thakur will explain in some of these songs, one uh, take shelter of a an associate of Krishna or an associate of Radha, which is a of course that means an associate of Krishna, but there are there are subgroups also. And serves Radha and Krishna or just Radha or just Krishna, but anyway it's all meant for the same purpose. Uh, under the guidance of a servant, one was so. For instance, there may be 
a servant who specializes in offering garlands. So the assistant servants, they have to gather the flowers and string them like this, under the guidance of the intimate servants. So, how to attain such a perfection? There are many such... Well, there is much advice given in this series of songs, Sharanagati, how to take shelter. And in this song which we sung just before breaking up at midday, Bhaktivinoda Thakur describes how to live in Navadvip Dham in such a way that one can attain perfection. Or what what Bhaktivinoda Thakur desires. Now, what he describes, we don't actually find any description of him doing this. We do find the description of Gorky Shorta's Babaji Maharaj. He actually lived like this. Bhaktivinoda Thakur in many ways was, uh, in his external behavior, was reserved. Gorky Shorta's Babaji Maharaj was not reserved. He wasn't making a show for the public, just the opposite. But just like in this song we sing, Bhaktivinoda Thakur sings, Dhare Abadhuta Bish. He aspires to wear the dress of a avadhut, which means someone who has no connection with this world or with the rules and regulations of this world. That doesn't mean that he uh, lives a degraded life, but he doesn't follow Varnashram. He doesn't follow the usual social rules. Not not because he's degraded, not, but because he's beyond the rules. Oh, no. Sometimes devotees, they say, well, we don't have to follow all these rules, just because they're lazy. But one who is, has actually transcended the rules, because he's on the platform of smartavya satatang vishnu, vishmatavya najati chit. The, all the rules are meant for remembering Krishna and not forgetting Krishna. So one who's on that platform, who's fully absorbed in that, uh, he may follow the rules like Bhaktivinoda Thakur followed the rules of Bhakti and Varnashram to set an example for others. And Gorky Shodas Babaji Maharaj lived a totally unconventional life not concerned with setting an example for others and not particularly uh, flouting the rules just to be unconventional but just being just being com- completely natural in his behavior so we can say Gokishar Das Babaji Maharaj he exhibited the character of an actual sahaja. Sahajya means one who acts completely natural. Prakrita Sahajya means those who imitate such the behavior of such exalted souls. But the, the topmost platform for a Vaishnava is to be an actual Sahajya. 
This should not be misunderstood. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur he distinguished this common term sahajya means people who purport to act in a very natural way. The problem with that is if the, is that if one acts as one thinks to be natural without being freed from material desires then he will simply indulge in mundane lust which is not really natural that's an artificial covering on the soul so uh, a real sahaja is one who's fully in touch with himself fully in touch with Krishna and without caring for others simply acts in a manner that to others might seem to be the behavior of a madman. But a devotee doesn't care. Vangshi does Babaji Maharaj, Gorkishaw does Babaji Maharaj. To others they may have seemed like a madman. But they didn't care that people thought they were mad. They, they didn't care what anyone thought. Not that they were hostile to the world, but they were so much detached from it that what people thought about them didn't matter at all. Well, Bhaktivinoda Thakur explains that in another song, which I guess we could sing also. Um, you have the... You have the printout of that. Where are the song printouts? You get the printout. It's a, to explain one song, some point, we can go into another song. From these songs we get some insights into the exalted thoughts of Srila Bhaktivinoda In this song, I'll, I'll just say what it is, then we can sing it afterwards. He sings, Guru Dev, he's calling out to his Guru. Kabetava Karuna Prakasha. When by the manifestation of your mercy, Sri Goranga Lila Hoineta Tata Ajurabishasa is that I will have firm faith that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes they are nitya tattva, they are eternal reality. So thinking like that, or with that conviction. Hari Hari Boli Godruma Kanone Brahmibo Darshana Ashe Calling out Hari Hari Wandering in the groves and gardens of Godrum That's that area 
geographically situated, just south of here, on the other side of the Jalangi or Saraswati River, where Bhaktivinoda Thakur resided. Uh, so, wandering in, go in, the, in the gardens of Godruma, uh, with the desire to have darshan, to see the pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. These ladies are sitting here. Is anyone translating? Someone translating for them? These ladies at the back? They're with our group or they're just... Let's go. Someone's translating? Okay. So, Adapiho e... Adhapito, Adhapiho, Jailila, Kore Gaurarai, Kono Kono Bhagavane Deki Bare Pai. Even today, this is from Chaitanya Bhagavad, not the version that we have, but it's commonly quoted. Even today, some fortunate persons can see the pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu going on. They're still going on. Just like in Vrindavan, we don't see. We see, nowadays we see roads and motorbikes and cars and bigger condominium blocks. Vrindavan has become like a suburb of Delhi. But pure devotees, they see Krishna's pastimes going on. Here in Mayapur also, the pure devotees, they see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes going on. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur describes that he, he is desiring the mercy of his guru so that with full faith in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he will see within this dham of Navadip the pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu going on. Nitai Gauranga Adaita Srivas Gadadhara Panchajan. So that's clear. The five persons. Nitai Gauranga Advaita Srivas and Gadadhara. Krishna Nama Rashe Bhasha Bhai Jagat. Kori Maha Shankirtan. So this is Chaitanya, this is Bhakti Thakur's aspiration that he will see the Panchatattva. Engaged in Maha Sankirtan. Flooding the world with Krishna Nama Rasa. Bhaktivinoda continues. Nartana Bilash, Madanga Badam, Shunibo Aponakana. With my own, with, with these very own ears, I will, uh, I, well, I will see the dancing of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his associates and hear the sound of the Murdanga in their kiss. With these very ears, I will hear that. Then he goes on to say, Dekia Dekia Shilila Madhuri Bhashibo Premera Bani. So, Seeing this and seeing this uh, sweetness of the pastimes, I will. He's aspiring. He is aspiring that I will 
float in the flood of praying. So, such is his aspiration. He's praying for the mercy of his Guru, for this. Then it goes on. Nadeki Abba. And then again, don't see. You see? Then don't see. Past times are manifest, then not manifest. Nadeki Abba, Sheli Laraton, Kandi, Hagoranga, Bali. So not seeing that jewel-like pastimes, then I will cry, Ha Goranga, Ha Goranga. Now if we describe all these things to materialistic people, they'll think this is just madness. Before it's described this, this Kobe Gorabane, Shuradhuni Tate, Har Krishna, Har Gorabane. So I, I will roll on the, I will roll on the ground, take the dust of the Vaishnavas and rub it on my body. To materialistic people, this sounds like absolute madness. That is the aspiration of Bhaktivinoda He says, that materialistic people seeing me like this, Amare Bishai Pagala Balaya Ongete Dibekduli. That the materialistic people seeing me like this, they will call me a madman and will throw dirt on me. So that is his aspiration. He's just praying for the mercy of his guru. That ordinary, he, ordinary people will consider him insane and reject him. Of course, that should not be imitated. But if one is an actual sahajya, like Gorkishaw does Babaji Maharaj, then, of course, in this culture of India, people some people are advanced enough to understand that such people are not insane, they are actually sane. Vangshidas Babaji Maharaj, I wrote in that book about him, that in any other culture, in any culture less spiritually exalted than that of India, he would have been considered completely insane. But in India, people understand, Siddha Mahatma, perfectly, fully self-realized, great soul. So that is the aspiration of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, which was actually lived by Vangshi Das Babaji Maharaj, Gorki Das Babaji Maharaj. We shouldn't think that there was Bhaktivinoda, there was Bhaktisiddhanta, there was Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, and Gorky Shaw is just somewhere there, just his name's there. We shouldn't think that he's something lesser. Even though he, he wasn't preaching widely, he didn't write any books, but he demonstrated what it means to be a Vaishnava without any worldly consideration. Bhaktivinoda, Bhaktisiddhanta, Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, they all had worldly consideration, not mundane consideration. 
but worldly considerations, because they had to preach. So they had to interact with the world. They had to be concerned at some level, to some extent, what the people of the world thought of them. Because if people are wholly against you or wholly uninterested in you, then you can't preach at all. But actually, just like the Bhakti Siddhanta or building big buildings so that people who consider themselves respectable and who others consider respectable will also consider Bhakti Siddhanta respectable. The buildings didn't make him respectable. People think that a big building makes you respectable. Someone who lives in a big building, they're a very respectable person. Stupid. Materialistic people are by definition stupid. They think if you live in a big building that you're respectable. And why? A rat lives in a hole. A snake also lives in a hole. If they live in a bigger hole are they a better rat? So the actually respectable people of the world are Gorki Shodas Babaji Maharaj who rejected all respectability of this world. He didn't he kept him away he kept himself away from all such so called respectability. And Bhakti Thakur was living like that. But for the sake of preaching, to some extent he adopted the uh, formalities of this world. But the ideal that all Vaishnavas worship is that of the devotee totally with, with no c- contact with this world and the respectable people of the world will reject him. Because he has no... He doesn't fit... They can't fit him into their way of thinking. They have their way of thinking that people should be like this. And anyone doesn't fit into that, they simply reject them as insane. Now again, we shouldn't think that Bhaktivinoda Thakur was any less than Gorkishaw Das Babaji. Because Bhaktivinoda adopted the style and manners of a gentleman of this world. We should not judge a Vaishnava by any external consideration. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he, uh, by s- such songs as this, he worshipped the ideal of the pure devotees who have no worldly consideration whatsoever. Now again we should understand that those who do adopt some worldly consideration for the sake of preaching we should not think they are any less. Internally we can understand they are on such an elevated platform we can understand from the songs of Bhaktivinoda Thakur he was not simply as the materialistic people saw him, Kedanath Datta Babu, 
a respectable man of this world. He went on with his material, supposedly materialistic life. But what consciousness he was cultivating that he was considering the greatest mercy of his guru would be that he would be so much absorbed in uh, remembrance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, oblivious to the world, that materialistic people would reject him and call him crazy. So, from Bhaktivinoda Thakur, we can understand that the greatest mercy one can get from one's guru is to become insane. So many people come asking for Ashivadam. So, Ashivadam, yes, you should be, you should be insane. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also, in his conversation with Rai Ramananda, which is considered or is representational of the kind of talks that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would have, especially at night. What's described in Chaitanya Charitamrita or Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the Ramananda Sambhad, the latter portion of that, is representational of, of the kind of talks that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had every night in Puri for 18 years with Ramananda Rai and Surup Damodar. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that I am a bowel and you are a bowel. Bowel is not a respectable person. Rabindranath Tagore made them somewhat respectable. But bowel means batu, means crazy. So as long as one is sane on the material platform, one cannot, one cannot achieve the gift of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Again, this should be understood very carefully. Not that we imitate insanity, or not that we, insp- not that we aspire to be insane in the manner that people who are normally considered insane are insane. I mean, there are insane people in this world. It doesn't mean that they're all self-realized. From the, tra- from the uh, philosophical perspective that we, we, we understand in Krishna consciousness from Srila Prabhupada and all the Acharyas, that everyone in this world is insane. Ahankare matto haya nitai pada pasharya asatere shatta karimani. Ahankare, but due to intense false egoism, the people of this world who do not remember Nityananda Prabhu, they are in, they're insane. And they take what is unreal and insubstantial to be real and substantial. So everyone is insane. But there are degrees of insanity. I mean, some people, they just can't function at all properly in society. They're haunted by ghosts. There is 
what we would normally call insane. People who just, their mental, there's no proper coordination in their mental functions or they can't uh, properly interact with with others due to uh, fear or misconceptions of themselves. Maybe someone thinks, really thinks, that I am the Prime Minister. Or you sometimes see these crazy people standing in the middle of the road, sometimes naked or just covered with some... You see it in India, not in Russia. They lock such people up in Russia. Standing in the middle of the road with just... They never bathed in their life, it looks like. Certainly not in the last 20 years. And maybe their body is just slightly covered by some dirty rain. Anyone who lives in India seen this. And they'll be standing in the middle of the traffic directing it, although no one takes them seriously. But they think they're directing the traffic. So such people are actually insane. Even from the social point of view. But this kind of insanity that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is pointing us towards, that is... That is called insanity because it does not tally with the understanding of materialistic people. But actually that is full sanity. That is the platform to be aspired for. That is the platform beyond the so-called, ins- the so-called sanity of this world, which is actual insanity. So we can sing this now. Guru Dev Kobe Toba Corona Prakasha. I think you all have the song sheets. Have they been handed out? No, still not. They're sitting in someone's hand all this time. Yeah, this kind of insanity is not wanted. You get the song sheet and then you don't distribute it. Actually, talking about this highly elevated level of transcendental insanity, it seems to be such a difficult job to train people who come to Krishna consciousness, even in basic levels of human sanity. Things like turning off the fan when you leave the room, I mean, just basic, normal standards of human behavior. You know, we're trying to teach, we're trying to bring people to the level of beyond <coughs> normal human behavior, but in many cases it seems very difficult just to, first of all, you have to bring them to the level of human being, and then we'll see other things. So many things. Turning off the fan. So, so many times you have to tell people to just to do some very basic, simple thing, which they should have learned at the age of five latest. Modern education is really worse than useless. 
the whole concept is, I mean, parents don't teach their children anything. It seems to be too, it's too troublesome. They seem too much trouble to teach their children anything. And children grow up with, as some kind of animals. And parents are satisfied if they have some, if the children have some university degree. But they, they, they're just living like animals. And this, I mean, this is the reality that we're living. We should sometimes discuss the highly exalted aim that the Acharyas appointed us toward. That I'm attempting to do in some, some manner now. But the actual reality we find ourselves with is that we are a long way, long way to go. At least we should know where we're supposed to be going. Okay, so now Bhaktivinoda Thakur was living just here. The Navadi town, Kulia, was on the other side of the river. Still it's on the other side of the river. The Bhaktivinoda Thakur stayed at some distance from there. As basically, as still today, Navadi town is dominated by Prakrita Sahajis. Bhaktivinoda Thakur kept some physical distance from them, and he made his residence in his eternal residence in Godrumadham. He was that time. Of course, you have to remember this. There was not. There was very little. The population was much less. You wouldn't hear these generators and different sounds. It's uh, very much a rural atmosphere. Even nowadays we can't even imagine because rural we think is some place we we drive to. But there was no such thing. Of course the train was there. But otherwise the, the rural areas were very uh, cut off and remote. But you know, Taco had a lot of experience in living in and tra traveling in the rural areas for some time. He was posted in Narayana, which is now in the uh, Jeshaw district. I think they made it a district. They cut up the districts in Bangladesh. So he would travel around by boat, do unofficial government work, he would preach to the people in the evening, in the daytime he would do his government work and in the evenings he would hold kirtans and preach to the people. So he was there, Swananda Sukhadakund, Gorki Shodas Babaji Maharaj. He had a few followers who would live with him. And Gorky Shodas Prabhuji Maharaj would come to hear from Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Even though Gorky Shodas 
was completely renounced from this world, and Bhaktivinoda Thakur had all the trappings of a Calcutta Babu. Babu means a worldly gentleman. He'd built a house. The Babajis, they don't, they're not supposed to build houses. They're supposed to live very simply. Gorkishaw would come to here from Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Although Gorkishaw, he stringently avoided the association of materialistic people, but he would come to here. And Siddhan Saraswati would often be there. Bhaktivinoda Thakur would not allow any materialistic talk. He would chant the Hare Krishna mantra, minimum 64 rounds a day. That was, the, that was normal, that was the standard. He would call out early in the morning. Until recently in India, everyone used to rise early, around the time of sunrise. Nowadays they've all become rakshasas, which means they like to stay up late at night. Nishacha. They like to stay up at night and sleep through the whole morning, early morning, which is the time when people, when human beings are supposed to arise. But Bhaktivinoda Thakur would rise even much earlier. And he would chant the holy names, calling out loudly. He would chant very loudly the Maha Mantra in Japa. And one young boy who used to live there in that village which is called Surubganj, which is now quite a large village. It used to be a small village, but now it's a large village. Many, some two generations ago, some Bangladeshi refugees came and settled there. They wanted to settle somewhere, so they settled in Navadip Dham, weaver caste, handloom, they're doing handloom. So, Bhaktivinoda, uh, there, yeah, there was one young man who later became a sannyas disciple of Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasvatthakur. So he reminisced that in his childhood he would hear Bhaktivinoda Thakur early in the morning calling out the Hare Krishna mantra very loudly as if he's calling to someone, just like you may call. Hey, someone on the other side of the... You may, without a... Hey, you call out the name very loudly. You're calling their attention. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur would call out the holy names like this. And he had his ashram there. He was writing his communion with Krishna. He sprinkled a few drops of the ocean of nectar that he was always absorbed in. He sprinkled a few drops through ink on paper and that became the, the writings of his that are preserved. There are many that are lost, unfortunately. Most unfortunate to the world. Most unfortunate for the world. But whatever we have, we can 
some insights into the into the exalted consciousness of this Thakur Bhaktivinoda who was just living there with a few people in the afternoons was most of the year it's very hot so that's standard practice in traditional India but like everything else it's all lost the early part of the afternoon is meant for reciting Shastra so sometimes Bhaktivinoda Thakur he would recite Chaitanya Charitamrita. Sometimes Siddhan Saraswati would recite. And the few devotees would be there. And Siddhan Saraswati would recite. Sometimes Bhaktivinoda Thakur would give some comment. Sometimes Thakur Bhaktivinoda on Hearing Chaitanya Charitamrita recited some passages, he would sp- spontaneously, being himself a sahajya, as was previously explained, not like the mundane sahajyas, but like a true, trend, a fully perfect personality. He would start dancing and gyrating in ecstasy on hearing the pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So such Sangha was there. We can just imagine that. Bhaktivinoda Thakur was there. He was the leader, the senior Vaishnava there. Siddhan Saraswati himself, later in life, that was just peace. Actually, from the beginning of life, he was a very commanding figure. He was the only person who could defeat Abhai Charan, as he was known. Abhai Charan Aravinda Das, as he was later to be known, recounted that when he first went to see Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur defeated Abhai Charan's argument. It's the first time in his life that he'd ever been defeated by anyone. But he liked it. So, such very strong personalities. Siddhan Saraswati, very power, extremely powerful personality. He defeated Abhai Charan and made that Abhai Charan his servant. So, he is such a, we can see that actually from the beginning of his life, but especially later on, that manifested as extremely powerful personality but he was subordinate to Bhaktivinoda Thakur. So how much powerful is Bhaktivinoda Thakur, Gorkishaw Das Babaji, he was there, he listened, he considered himself subordinate to Bhaktivinoda Thakur. So, they would be there, just a few devotees. What a powerful... Three great Acharyas all together, just a few of them. And then with them often would also be uh, Jagadish, Bhakti Pradeep, who was initiated by Bhaktivinoda Thakur and uh, was given Harinam by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Later he became the first sannyas disciple of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. There are just a few of them. 
and they were uh, relishing the pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Bhaktivinoda Thakur prof- profusely writing. And he could see that the whole world, just like we sung, Krishna Nama Roshe, Bhasha Bejagat, Kori Mahashankirtana, that how Nitai, Goranga, Advaita, Srivas, Gadadha, Panchajan, how these five performing Sankirtan in Godrum, in Navadip Dham, they will flood the whole world with the nectar of Krishna Namarasa. So Bhaktivinoda saw all this. He was himself confident, competent to deliver the whole world. And all the devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That, uh, that song is that, what is that? Jagatata. Shakti Dhare Jane Jane. I'm just now not remembering. That uh, every, every devotee of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, everyone, Ramanda Tarete, Shakti, Dhare Jane Jane. Every one of the devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, they have enough power, spiritual power, to deliver the whole world. Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he did what he did on the order of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Bhakti Sarasvati Thakur. He carried that further. And Srila Prabhupada, Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, he carried that all over the world. And now it's up to us to carry it further or if we like we can spoil the whole thing. <laughs> That's up to us, at least for ourselves. Actually, it cannot be spoiled. All of us together, we're not powerful enough to stop the desire of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Despite our best or worst efforts. But if we strictly follow the path of the Acharyas, then they may empower us to be emissaries in their mission. We have no personal desire. We simply desire to take part in the mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the servant of the Acharyas. We simply desire to be dust in the lotus feet of the Vaishnavas. But if they so desire, they may empower us according to our capacity as they desire to take part in their mission. It's not our mission. 
in one sense you can say it is just like we can say this Mayapur Dham is also our residence, is our place. So it is, we should think, yes, it is our, is our mission, is our, our good fortune to be engaged like this. But we can simply try to understand how great are these Acharyas. Just even from one line of their soul, we can understand what, or we can get some insights through the, through the coverings on our consciousness of lust, greed, anger, illusion, envy, pride, madness, material attachments, just completely covered by so many misconceptions and mundanities. But still, underneath all those coverings is the effulgent soul, which by nature is absorbed in intense love of Krishna. So this, the sound vibration, the pure sound vibration of the Hare Krishna mantra, of the, uh, of the spiritual teachings imparted by the pure Vaishnavas, they pierce through the coverings of maya on the soul and they contact the soul. So these, uh, this pure ecstasy of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he has committed that in writing and we can take advantage also. Srila Prabhupada also said that his purports to his books these are his personal ecstasies. That is his ecstasy of love of Krishna manifested in his writings meant for uh, delivering the conditioned souls from the deep illusion in which we are presently situated and resituating us in our constitutional position of love of Krishna. So, uh, we were discussing that song. That Bhaktivinoda Thakur is aspiring to in the Gorabhani, in the forest Chaitanya Mahaprabhu means this land of Vrindavan. Actually, that time, as I was saying, that would have been actually more forest and less rice fields. On the bank of the Ganga, Suradhuni, calling out Haradhe Harkrishna. So, like I say, this is. This is actually what Gorky Shodas Babaji Maharaj did. But you know, Thakur, we don't find in his manifest activities that he did this. So, crying is with tears, wandering around, giving up any deha uh, sukha, any comfort or pleasure of the body. 
This is exactly the description of Gorky Shodas Prabhupada Maharaj. Among all the various trees and creepers, he's uh, aspiring Kobe. Shopachakrihete Magia Kaibo Pibo Sharaswati Job. Two. He's thinking to beg from the chandalas, the lowest caste. Who, you don't take food from such people. To do so is not, not even not the lowest caste, they're lower than any caste. Jagannath Das Babaji Maharaj, he actually did this when living in Vrindavan. See, the, uh, in Vrindavan, the sadhus, traditionally they live by Madhukan. means they beg door-to-door, some chapatis or whatever. And they, they get their food like this. In this way they don't have to bother about where they'll get their food from. Very simply, whatever they get, they eat, and they spend their time in bhaja. They live a very, they're supposed to live a very renounced existence. So, but they would beg from pious people, and those who are chandalas, meat eaters, or those who are chamars, or those who deal in cow skin, the skins of dead cows or such thing. They are considered constitutionally sinful. It's a sinful birth. It is understood that one takes birth in such a family due to previous sinful activities. So the uh, the Babajis, they don't beg from such people. You're supposed to take food from pious people because what we eat affects our consciousness. So if we eat food cooked by sinful people, then we become affected by sinful consciousness. This is a very basic principle, not even of of devotional life, but even of ordinary religious life, dharmic life in Indian culture that you just don't eat here and there anything. Nowadays people do, and even so many of our so-called devotees, they do. But you can't actually be a devotee unless you only take that which is actually Krishna Prasada. And it's not just by calling something Prasad, you just get something from somewhere, and then you stick it in front of a picture of Krishna and mumble a few mantras, and say, we turned it into prasad. So, you can cheat yourself if you like, but you won't cheat Krishna by doing that. So, Jagannath Das Babaji Maharaj, at uh, one time he begged from the, from the sweeper caste, who is very low caste, those who sweep the street, clean the toilets, bungi, bungi class, hardy in Bengali. Now there are no... Anyway, so some gentlemen of Vrindavan, they politely but with much concern 
approach Jagannath Das Babaji, that Babaji Maharaj, you're so much respected here for being Siddha Mahatma, perfect devotee. And if you beg from this, this lowest class of people, then that will spoil the whole dharma. Jagannath Das Babaji replied that, you see, all the Vaishnavas, they aspire for the dust of Vrindavan, and these people by their profession, they're sweeping that, they're always covered in the dust of Vrindavan, they're the most exalted people. It is unconventional. They showed the mode of behavior for conventional devotees. Those who are coming from the human platform to the superhuman platform. They should not artificially imitate the superhuman platform of Gorkishore Das Babaji Maharaj, Jagannath Das Babaji Maharaj. That also Jagannath Das Babaji Maharaj, when he was in Navarik Dham, then every day he would sit down to eat and some puppies would come. And while Jagannath Das Babaji was eating, the puppies would eat from the same plate and his servants would try to shoo away the puppies. And Jagannath said, no, no, let them stay. They're, they're dogs of the dham. So again, this is not to be imitated. Nowadays it's become a fashion among some of our devotees to keep dogs. And ac according to those devotees, every single, every dog who has a devotee, that devotee is actually a Maha Bhagavat in the form of a dog. They seem to think, my dog's a great devotee. But it's just, it's a dog. You're attached to a dog. It's not anything devotional, it's mundane. So the un, the Acharyas, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, Bhaktisthan Saraswar Thakur, our own Srila Prabhupada, they showed how to live and act in a conventional way that is suitable for aspiring devotees. But what is the aspiration? To come to this platform, which is described by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Yeah, or he's... Describing means he's not making a point-by-point -point analysis. He does that in other of his writings. But this is his bhava prakasha. This, these songs, they're simply the manifestations of his own personal ecstasy. But later, actually after his departure from this world, in a dream, he instructed... Paramananda, who was one of the very first disciples of 
Sarsvar Thakur, that you, my songs, he told this. Well, these songs were published, some of them, they were published in the uh, Sajana Toshani magazine. But, you know, like magazines, they don't, they're not kept in a very regular way. So, uh, later, Thakur Bhaktivinod instructed Paramananda that you collect all the songs and publish them in books. So now we have, there's not all the songs of Bhaktivinod here, some of them are here. But they are available to the world and they're of tremendous, just incalculable benefit to the people of the world if they would simply uh, sing these songs and just enter by Bhaktivinoda's mercy enter into his world and uh, his world what is his world? sometimes he expresses that I'm very sinful my whole life, he says, is simply full of sins. There's not even a trace of any piety. So sometimes he expresses like that. And then, other t then in, he, he, he carries us from the world of mundane attachment right into the world of serving the divine couple. So they are of immense value, incalculable value. Bhaktisiddhanta Sarthako said that the, the, the time will come when the people of the world will learn Bengali to read Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. They may say, why? Why should they learn Bengali? Because that was already being translated into English Chaitanya Bhagavat and it's translatable into English and now it is translated into English. So why why should people learn Bengali? Just get it translated. Well, as anyone who has done any translation, especially from different from two languages which are quite different, the the uh, the subtleties, the flavor of one language cannot be properly conveyed in another. And actually from Bengali and Sanskrit to English, it's a big jump. I and mean, if it's to Hindi, it's not so much. Even Hindi, sorry, you won't get the same feeling and flow as in Bengali. But in English, there's... So, I mean, many of the books of the, uh, the Gorya Acharyas, the, so much is based on understanding of the language and the culture and the concepts that it, they're not properly... You can't really convey everything at all because unless you have extensive footnotes which the, then the flow is in there. The flow of thoughts is interrupted by footnotes. So, why learn Bengali? Well, we to read Chaitanya Charitamrita in the original, there's a 
there's a sweetness which cannot just the nature of the English language not as English language is not meant for conveying sweetness if anything it's more toughness or aggressiveness that's considered a a more important value so the time will come when the people of the world learn bengali to read chaitanya charitamrita and the works of thakur bhaktivinoda which those who can uh, appreciate in the original language then there's a richness which in translation some idea is there of course one can become completely krishna conscious without learning bengali it's not a prerequisite um the essence is that of selfless service to krishna but this is uh, for those who can it is certainly a uh, an asset in their devotional life if they can do so of course so many bengalis are coming here they're not interested in these things they don't vast majorities of bengalis have never heard about you know thakur they never heard about this don sarswat thakur they may know many know iskon mayapur but they they don't really know about prabhupad so we have much work to do in informing people of this bengalis they mostly if they are tall interested in literature then they think oh robert tagore this like i don't even that many may not even read him but they just think he's a bengali hero but they don't it's not that actually many people they read i think not many read but they know his name vivekananda they also don't know which is good for them what vivekananda said but just oh vivekananda this should be banned yes. what is this in in mayapur this noise making they're making it into a another concrete jungle instead of godrumakana it becomes a traffic jam jungle so kobe shapachagriyete magya khaibo pibo saraswati jo when will i beg from the house but you know takus beg from the houses of the dog eaters shapacha literally means dog eater beg food from them and drink the water of the saraswati then uh pulene pulene along the banks of the rivers garagari debo rolling on the ground that's a standard vaishnava practice which 
somehow in uh, we're not doing that but that is a, a, to roll in the dust of the dham you can do also why not And Kari Krishna Kolahan, and calling out loudly the name of Krishna. He's saying, Bhaktivinoda is saying, When will I, uh, offering obeisance to the residents of the Dham, beg a drop of mercy from them? And taking the dust of the Vaishnavas feet, smearing that on my body and take the dress of an avadhut. means someone who has nothing to do with society. Like Gokishore does Prabhupada Maharaj. Knowing, <coughs> yeah, I, seeing no difference between the land of Vrindavan and the land of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in this way I will become a resident of the dham and my the eyes the eyes by which we now see all we see everything as enjoyable to myself what is suitable for my enjoyment this is how we see now but for those who adopt the attitude of how can i find krishna then for such a person the dham manifests. How that manifests, that exactly that will be described in more songs by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Dhamma Sharup Then I will become a, a maidservant of Radha. So what is required to be the maidservant of Radha? This complete faith complete dedication, com complete humility, complete non-attachment from this world. Bhaktivinoda Thakur is expressing this here. So this is the... Uh, Consciousness required. It's not such a cheap thing. People come up and say, Maharaj, bless me. If I can get Krishna praying. As if it's, you know, like buying a, buying a chocolate from the shop. It would be more suitable if they would ask, Please bless me to give up all material attachments. No one comes in and give me Krishna prayer as if it's you know, just such a cheap thing. But one has to give up all material attachments. Practically, we find Srila Prabhupada. He didn't. He didn't speak of praying much. He spoke a lot about surrender, giving up sense gratification dedicating ourselves in the service of Krishna. If we do this under the guidance of devotees, then everything will come naturally in due course of time. 
Jayaprasade Puri Sarva Rasa. By Srila Prabhupada's mercy, all desires will be fulfilled, all spiritual desires will be fulfilled. So we shouldn't be ignorant of the gifts that our acharyas are offering. But at the same time, we shouldn't take it very cheaply. Our effort must be there in devotional service to surrender to Krishna, to act only for his pleasure, to spurn sense gratification, to give up material attachments, but how to, in, in a sensible way, that means yukta uh, vairagya, not imitating Gorkishwata's Prabhupada, but following in the path given by the Acharyas who have shown us how to live in this world without being attached to it for the service of Krishna. So in this way, <coughs> in this way, by surrendering to Krishna, dovetailing all our desires in the mission of the Acharyas for serving Krishna, for preaching Krishna consciousness. Then by the mercy of Srila Prabhupada and all the previous Acharyas, then the gifts that they the gifts that they have to give us, that they've come to this world to give us, they will give us. So, all right, Hare Krishna. Then I, tomorrow morning, there's some pending questions which I can take. Tomorrow morning. Maybe I'll speak more on this. There's unlimitedly more to be spoken. How Bhaktivinoda Thakur, by revealing his own manobhishta, his own, the desire of his own heart, he has given a signpost for all his followers in disciplic succession to go on the same path. So maybe I'll speak on that, or maybe I'll speak on uh, some questions, whatever. Let's see. Now, here in Mayapur, as we've all come, we shouldn't think that just what we can see with our present eyes is all that there is to be seen. We should see through the eyes of Shastra, of the Acharyas, that will be seeing by hearing. So we should discuss these points also. Don't think Mayapur is just another place. <coughs> we could have done a yatra to Calcutta. Of course, Calcutta is also the first place. Of course, it's difficult to find a place in India which, is, which doesn't have some kind of spiritual touch. Some rishi or saint or, or some river 
maybe Tatanaga, Jamshedpur. That's blessed by the Tata Vangsha. So maybe there are some places which are not so spiritual. But yeah, what what is the what is the meaning? What is the what makes or what is it of Mayapur? This is the Dham, this is the land where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes are going on even now and in which it, it is a it is a doorway to the spiritual world because it is the spiritual world. If we have the eyes to see it. If we see with material eyes, then we'll see it as the material world. A place to earn money, live comfortably. But Mayapur is meant for living in the service of Krishna. As Srila Prabhupada said, living in Vrindavan means living in the lap of Krishna. So those who are living in Mayapur, who have come here to live in Mayapur, they should also consider that it's very nice to live in Mayapur, no doubt. But the... Uh, The mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that should not be forgotten. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself left this land to bring Krishna consciousness throughout the world. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission is to be preached in every town and village of the world. So Hare Krishna, yeah, we'll finish that for now. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. All glories to Sri Mayapodham. All glories to all the Acharyas who have revealed the Dham, especially today we've been discussing about Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, who uh, yeah, he is the father of the modern Krishna consciousness movement. He is, anyway, all right, we finished for today. Otherwise, We won't finish. In this material world, we have to act within the constraints of the time factor also. Otherwise, our activities become disorder.